Got a lot going on. It sounds like just enough to make life always more interesting. How are you? I'm doing good. Do you have some coffee? Am I, am I drinking alone? Uh, you're drinking alone tonight. Actually, I just got uh, my sister had a soccer game one of the first of the year, so we ran to that really quickly. And I just got home, so sipping on some water. I'm just trying to picture life. Where do you Where do you live? Uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Michigan. I've, yeah, I've so, been there. I've been to Grand Rapids. It's been 15 years, but I really, really? enjoyed it. Yeah, that's pretty unusual. I did a little bit of work temporarily up in Michigan. I was doing some roofing for this huge. What do you call it? Like retreat center. Oh, all right. Gotcha. Fun times. Um, yeah. Lots, a lot has changed since then. Uh, so. Oh yeah. You'll have to come back. Okay. We're, we're beer city USA now. So <laughs> we got <laughs> nice. a bunch of, a bunch of breweries you can check out. Oh, you know, yeah. The, the last time I went beer searching was in Denver and Colorado. We took a vacation there three years ago and we just covered all the country. Sell all the beers, all the breweries, drink all the beers. <laughs> nice. I might have to do that because my brother and his wife and their kid are moving there in, uh, I want to say, like three or four months now. So we're excited to be able to get to go out there for a little vacation. Me and my wife, before we were together, we both went out there separately, but that was like 10 years ago or now. Well, if there was ever a good excuse to travel, you know the one. It's now you can go around and see all the coffee roasters, check out some farms. For sure. That's the future. That's the way that I brew my coffee. <laughs> one, of, one of the major reasons we went to, uh, my wife and I went to Vancouver Island, or not Vancouver Island, Vancouver, Canada for our honeymoon. And one of the big reasons we wanted to go there was because there's a really nice coffee shop out there that uh, my wife had wanted to always visit. So nice. we kind of based some of our uh, honeymoon around a coffee shop, which is kind of funny. You know you're an adult when you start going on vacation sites. So just for the coffee, <laughs> there, there there is this great place uh, somewhere in the Carolinas that we always stop at. That's called the Cork and Bean. Oh, right. And they 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 serve wine and uh, what uh, uh, these um, pastries are just delicious. But they also have some really excellent coffee. Nice. And the atmosphere is just a die for. I love it in there. And so, yeah, we always have to go there, but it's like the one time that we actually found a place we want to keep going back to no matter what, we'll go to whatever lengths to get there Mm -hmm. because their coffee is just so good. Yeah. But it's in one of those towns, right? Where you don't expect it to be good for anything. Like, (laughs) you know, there might be a one burrito shop in some corner hole in the wall of Atlanta. And you're like, I don't know about this. This looks kind of iffy, but there's a line out into the street. I got to try it. For you sure. Know? Yeah. So then you, then you get the best burrito of your life and no upset stomach the next day. I was going to say, we have one, of, we have one of those spots right by our house that is like a, like a smoker and they smoke meats or something there. And my wife is always like, Oh, we got to go there. And it just looks like a total dump to me. And I'm just like, eh, I don't know about that. You know, it kind of looks a little shady there. Uh, and, but she's always like, okay, this weekend we're going to go there and try it out. But uh, I might have to, cause there's no good like barbecue place around us. So this might be, hopefully it's like that good uh, secret gem that nobody really knows about, but is really good. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that have changed in the last few years, one of the huge ones that has changed in the South has been barbecue. Yeah. I remember growing up how barbecue tasted. And as a child, you know, you're really into the sugar. Mm-hmm. And I noticed very clearly that barbecue was not especially sweet. Mm-hmm. And um, then a- as I got older, 
it got sweeter and sweeter. It started to taste syrupy. Mm-hmm. And and at this point, it's kind of runny and like you're 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 actually drinking some Coca Cola syrup. It's it's getting <laughs> to the point that it's it's way too sweet. No matter where you go, yeah. And it's really discouraging. So I I think that we've lost the barbecue capital of the world down here in the Bible Belt. I think that we're going to have to go looking outside to find something better. Yeah. It's really sickening. Yeah, we have. A, there's a place in Detroit that's about a two and a half, three hour drive from us that has a really good uh, barbecue joint. But I don't know the difference between like the Carolina barbecue and then the. I don't know if it's the Texas the difference between the two. But we watch the, we watch those those uh, TV shows that talk about that stuff that go around to like all the famous ones. And I I don't know. I always like oh, it'd be so good to go go to them, but. The old established family-run and operated barbecue joints are the only ones left to really go to. Exactly. Yeah. But sadly, it seems like that once that the um, the parents and the brothers that started those businesses um, pass away, that the family legacy doesn't seem to stay intact. Yeah. The people who take over, they start uh, cutting corners to simplify the franchising process or whatever, and they start substituting things on the menu. And before you know it, you, you're left with the Coke syrup. So Exactly. Um, I hear you. You know, this is so fun. I'm going to leave this at the very beginning of the show. Do you mind? No, go for it. I wasn't sure if we started it or not, but I was just rolling with it. <laughs> it's leading right into the discussion. You know, Coke syrup is practically uh, concentrated coffee guck, right? So I guess so, yeah. The, the stuff you get at Starbucks. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This episode is sponsored by Thrasher Coffee. Visit thrashercoffee.com for small batch roasted-to-order coffees and use coupon code BEARDFLAVOREDCOFFEE to save 10% on your order. I'm Joe Darnell, and joining me today is the one and only Alex Carpenter. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, Joe. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. This is when stars collide. We have <laughs> the the hosts of two infamous coffee podcasts that are trying to shake things up and create some counterculture in the podcasting community talking together. But mostly, I want to hear from you, sir. It's an honor to have you with us. So thank you for being our third guest on Top Brew and taking your chances with us. You never know what's going to be found in your cup. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. It's always uh, uh, fun to be on the other side of the the mic, I would say, I guess. I, usually I'm asking the questions, so this is going to be kind of fun. You're talking into your mic from the other side. Of, <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that completely. You know, I, I used to just be the guy behind the camera. And I was videotaping other people for uh, various educational materials and video lectures and online courses. And I did that for many years. And then one day people were telling me, you know, Joe, you got a great voice. You ought to do something. And one thing led to another. And I had a horrible personality for the work, but it took my time and I, I practiced a lot in front of a camera and eventually I felt comfortable doing it, even used a teleprompter a few times. And I'm so glad to get off camera and onto microphone because this, this makes it so much easier. I was going to say, yeah. 
I, if I, if I had to do anything in front of the camera, I don't think I would be able to do it. Like being able to uh, hide behind the mic is a little bit nicer. Like last week, we had some guy on the podcast, and we did a a video Skype call, and I was just kind of thrown off by it. Really, I was on. I was just talking. I mean, it was only between me, me and him, but it was still was like uh, I feel like someone's watching me. Whereas right now, you know, we can't see each other, but uh, adds a whole new element to it. See, I think the reason that I'm not comfortable with most Skype video chats or other kinds of chats is that you've really not had the opportunity to welcome these strangers into your home. <laughs> so even though you may be online friends, you feel like it's invasive to them and, and to yourself if they can see your home environment and they haven't been there before. <laughs> so you have to be really comfortable with some people to go that far. Yeah. He'll see all my like coffee cups and wrappers on my desk here and stuff like that. <laughs> well, thankfully, that's not too private. <laughs> so, so do you have a pretty cool coffee station right there at your desk or wherever you like to record? Not really. Uh my office, we kind of have, we're in the middle. We moved into our house roughly a little over a year ago now, and we still haven't finished our office yet. So it's kind of just the, uh, just a desk and got some, I mean, we made a standing desk on top of our desk. So excellent. I do that every now and then, but it's a homebrewed desk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, who are you, Mr. Alex Carpenter? And what do you do? Oh uh, yeah. i uh, for a day job, I do front-end web development and design for uh, a small studio in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, I live here with my wife, and then we have a dog, a border collie named Bongo. And uh, yeah, for outside of work, I uh, we like to do a lot of gardening, anything outside. Uh, it's finally getting a little bit warmer outside. So like I, right before we got on this podcast, I was at my sister's soccer game and I was kind of, it was really nice just to be outside and have like the sun shining in our eyes and having to get sunglasses out or anything like that. So uh, we're really looking forward to the, that warmer weather, but, uh, yeah. Uh, besides that, I run a coffee podcast as well called I brew my own coffee. That's probably the, the gist of who I am. Now, why did you take an interest in coffee and specifically want to explore that with a website and an audio podcast? Wife is pretty much the big reason for that. Uh, when we first met, uh, before we were even together, I was making uh, videos for a local coffee shop. Um, this was, oh, I'd say, roughly four years ago now. And uh, she she was working at that coffee shop, and uh, she was actually one of the only people at the coffee shop who would be willing to be on video and, and stuff. So she always ended up being like the, the stand-in uh, the actor, I guess you'd say, for the videos we shot with them. And eventually she uh, competed in some coffee competitions and we started hanging out and long story short, uh, we're married now. And uh, she, since then, she left uh, the career uh, as, a, as a barista and moved on into a new field. And we decided like when she uh, left that position, we kind of wanted to do something that could uh, keep her into the coffee scene or just keep uh, doing something related to coffee. So we, we launched the site, I brew my own coffee 
Coffee.com with the hopes of writing an ebook at the when we first launched on how to brew coffee at home with all the different various methods and quickly found out how hard that actually is to do yes. <laughs> to write a book and all that stuff. And uh, kind of my side of the project was doing the podcast and uh, talking to different guests uh, in and outside of the coffee industry. Just anybody who's doing uh, fun stuff with coffee. Uh, we've had guys on who cyclists that uh every wednesday they actually meet up at the spot in uh los angeles and they brew coffee outside together different guys are just super passionate about brewing coffee at home uh, i met them through instagram and stuff like that so it's kind of all over the board but the one thing that stuck is the podcast and that's kind of what we're we've been focusing on since so I think the best kind of uh, hobbies and, you know, side projects are the ones where you get to exercise a lot of creativity, but it's not just about exercising the creativity. You, you have a multifaceted experience where you, you take something from culture that precedes you, you know, like you are getting involved in the, the coffee culture and you're trying to share what you learn and also amplify your own experience. And that's a very rich thing. Mm. I think a lot of people who get on the internet they are at a loss for what are they going to talk about on their blog and what are they going to do if they talk on a podcast mm. and what are they going to do with a YouTube channel? And I, I, I can completely understand that conundrum because I went through it for years and I thought for a while I would just be a YouTuber and I eventually figured out that was not my calling. <laughs> and so I, I have a lot of respect for the fact that you, you're actually doing a good job with your show and it doesn't come easy. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I appreciate the amount of attention to detail, your focus and the dynamics of your show because your, yours is typically an interview show mm -hmm. and you're really finding some great voices in the coffee culture and. And I kind of wish that eventually somebody would interview you and your wife on your own show. <laughs> yeah. So we, we could get the, I brew my own coffee version of, uh, of your story. Yeah. I mean, I, she should be the one, uh, talking mostly about the coffee because she is really the, the brains. Whenever I have a question about coffee, she's the one I always go to. I mean, she worked in the specialty coffee industry for four and a half years. She competed in the Brewers Cup in the competition series and stuff like that. And she went, moved on to nationals and she's in th place, third place in an aero press competition. So she knows more, wow. way more than about coffee than I do, but she, she wasn't really into the idea of being on the podcast. She's jumped on a few times and it's just she likes it, but uh, she said she'd leave that up to me. <laughs> it is a different experience. Yeah. I understand that one completely. My wife has been on one uh, podcast that I recorded a few years ago, and uh, I had to uh, basically pull teeth to get her to join me on that <laughs> particular show. But when she finally did it, she did such a good job. I was I was kind of feeling uh, shown up. And then when it was over, she was like, I, I'm really into this. I'm like, no, you're, you're never going to be on another one of my podcasts again. <laughs> So uh, back to our outline and the questions I, I had in store for you. We're way off the track, but this is a good conversation. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. What is most important to you about coffee? You know, we've, we've kind of described like what's important to you in terms of your work, but, um, you know, why coffee for you personally, you know, not your wife, but for you? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I guess it's hard to say, you know, like I kind of going back to when it's first started, I've, 
was like most people who starting coffee, you know, that you don't really like the taste of it. It's it's just like a uh, a weird thing that you drink just to get a caffeine fix, you know. I worked at uh, for my parents for a number of years at a at a feed mill where I would make uh, a horse and cow and uh, small animal feed for local farms and. Uh, it was just a really, I would just be dusty all day and just really grimy type work. And every morning I'd just come in and make a huge pot of like whatever we had in like Folgers or something like that. And it was just something to get me through the day. And then, <laughs> Those were the good old days. Yeah, huh? right. Folgers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But uh, since then, you know, like I said, I got married to my wife and coffee has become much more than that for us. Uh, she was actually fortunate enough to go to Origin, visit a coffee farm and stuff like that. And after she did that, I kind of took note of that and listened to the stories about all the work and all the kind of the fun stories that you never hear about this side in the States about what goes on over there before the, the coffee even gets to us. So I kind of fell in love with the whole story behind coffee and how it's produced and how much and work still goes into this industry. I just love the taste of it. I love being able to wake up in the morning and just take my time. It's kind of my form of, I guess you'd say, meditation. Mm. You know, I can't sit there and just like clear my head. It's just me. I guess the closest I can get to it is would be me pouring over some coffee in the morning and just slowing down and experiencing that and just taking that time every morning to brew myself and my wife, you know, a good cup of coffee. Yeah, that You know, I brew the coffee for me and my wife as well. And she, she got us started with all the kitchen equipment. We had everything we needed when we got married. And then slowly but surely, I took over the coffee station. And I think it was, uh, we had one of those electric drip coffee makers for two or three years. And I practically never used the thing. It was mostly for her. And we thought, well, we'll, we'll go with the easy, efficient route, right? So we'll substitute this with a Keurig coffee machine. Mm -hmm. And again, you got to remember our background. We didn't have anyone to show us anything fancy, uh, French presses, Mm -hmm. uh, aero presses. Aero presses weren't uh, really around yet. Mm -hmm. And then slowly but surely, I warmed up to the idea of the Keurig just because I was fascinated by the new technology mm-hmm. and, and that it was substantially improving upon what you have with the electric drip makers. But little by little, I just began to realize like I'm still not really enjoying coffee. It doesn't matter what the mechanism is. Mm-hmm. And then we were on vacation and we were staying at a wonderful bed and breakfast and they brought a French press out. And it was the first time that I had ever seen a French press. And I thought, well, whatever is in there, it's got to be worse because I've never seen this thing and any good, more people would use it, right? <laughs> and exactly. And so then I, I had some with some amazing Belgian waffles and it just blew me away. I could not get over it. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And then later in the week, we stopped at another place and I had more French press coffee and that even topped what I had for breakfast. And I, I, I just couldn't believe it. And ever since then, I was uh, all my coffee experiences changed and turned out for the better. And it wasn't really that hard as long as you know just you went online and explored a little bit. You could you could learn a lot really fast. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's a wealth of information that uh, through a quick Google search, you can pretty much find anything out. So it's not any hidden secrets. And it's usually not that hard 
Well, give me a moment to thank our sponsor, Thrasher Coffee, for supporting the site and the podcast. Thrasher Coffee is the fastest craft roaster from the Deep South offering a fresh cup of coffee. Their roasters source beans from around the world, taste test new ones from week to week, then mindfully roast flavorful coffees. When you order at thrashercoffee.com, yours is roasted to order and shipped within 24 hours. You will always have the tastiest fresh coffee experience for your brew ritual in the home and in the clubhouse and the kitchenette. If you are new to Thrasher's Roasts, then there are four of them, ranging from the single-origin homestead medium roast to the hearty prospect dark roast. And if you love blends, then check out my personal favorite, the Liberty Blend. This is my co-host's very own concoction, and it really is liberating. All blends. Thrasher Coffee treats you like the beautiful coffee enthusiast that you are. Each true 16-ounce pound of whole bean coffee is $25, shipping included. And Top Brews listeners get 10% off of their first purchase with the coupon code BEARDFLAVOREDCOFFEE at checkout. Thrasher responsibly harvested beans and supply premium fresh small batch experiences to their discerning customers at an affordable price. Thank you, Thresher Coffee, for supporting Top Brew, which is this podcast and our website. So let's get into the nitty gritty. What is your brew recipe? What is your brew setup? What what strikes your fancy? Uh, right now, uh, it's pretty... It changes pretty often. We uh, usually, which is true about a lot of coffee enthusiasts. Yeah, yeah we. I mean, it's it's fun to try uh, different coffees that we get on a bunch of different brew methods, just to play around with it and see which one uh, uh, makes produces the best cup of coffee. Because each one could pull something out of uh, a, a different um, type of coffee that you wouldn't get from a maybe like your your AeroPress might not have something that the Chemex can pull out. So. We usually get a, a new coffee and we'll always uh, make a Chemex first of it. Um, we feel like with the Chemex, you can get the natural, delicate flavors that you normally wouldn't get from, you know, an immersion type blend, uh, immersion type um, brew device. So mm-hmm. we usually do start with a Chemex and uh, we, we love the Chemex. It's uh, one of our favorites. It's delicious. Uh, we, we really enjoy it, like a clean cup of coffee, nothing that uh, that produces and lets any of that fine uh, coffee through that maybe you get in a French press or an AeroPress or something like that. So uh, usually with an AeroPress, uh, it often comes to that. Beca- or with the Chemex, we usually do in the morning because, like I said, me and my wife both drink coffee. It's easier to make a, a larger amount of coffee with the, the Chemex. So that, that has become the, become the standard each morning for us. Um, Another one, like if I if I'm home by myself or something, she's off doing yoga or at one of her other uh, events. I'll usually use an AeroPress just because I like just to make a single cup. And uh, like I said, it's always fun to try different brew methods, and uh, it's usually the only time I would make an AeroPress. And um, hmm. the lastly, the third uh, device that we always use is the Kalita Wave. Um, it's something that. Uh, the coffee shop she was working at, that's the way they m- made all their pour-overs when, right before she left, and we just really got hooked on it there. Uh, it just produces, like, to me, it's like the perfect b- balance between a Chemex and maybe what you get from an AeroPress. Uh, it get, it gets that bold flavor that you can kind of get, but also is just like a really clean cup of coffee. 
And uh, that's one of my favorites. But we unfortunately ran out of filters, so we haven't been able to make a, a Kalita in like the past month. So, uh, And how do you pronounce that one? Uh, Kalita? It's K-A-L-I-T-A. Okay, we'll have a link to all of these brewing tools in the show notes and a link to your written article, your interview for the Brew Ritual series at topbrew.fm. And the Kalita was – you introduced me to the Kalita with your article. Mm-hmm. And I, I – what do you know about it? Like, is, I mean like it's been around for a while, right? I, I don't know how long it's been around for, but uh, – Yeah, like the Chemex goes yeah, back to the 40s. Yeah, that one's been around for a lot longer. This one I definitely think is hasn't been nearly as long as that one. But uh, one of the okay. nice things about the Kalita and like if another one similar to it is called the Not Neutral Geno Dripper – uh, it offers the same kind of flavors, but the big thing with these devices is that they're a flat bottom brewer. So, uh, if you've ever brewed with a V60 or a Chemex, you know how it just goes straight into a cone and, uh, there's nothing, it just goes straight through the bed. Um, with these type of, uh, brewers, they, there's a flat bottom and there's only like three holes in the bottom. So it, there's not much room for the coffee to get through. So it kind of has that kind of steeping time that you might get from like an AeroPress or uh, uh, a French press, but it still is technically a, a pour over device. So uh, I could see the attraction. Yeah. And it's just, it's made of metal. The one we have, I know they offer like a glass version as well, but it's just super easy to clean. Like there's a little hook on it and just dump it out in the trash, rinse it out really quick and uh, you're good to go. And like, you you don't have to worry about this one breaking on you ever. So uh, it's kind of one we bring with us like camping and stuff too, you know, can't really bring your Chemex out into the into the woods with you, but this one is a nice alternative with a uh, a little cup. So, okay, yeah. When you said it was sort of a balance between the taste of the Chemex's coffee and the AeroPresses, you got me intrigued because I was thinking up to that moment that it would be very very similar to the Chemex, but just a different feel from the experience of using this tool versus the Chemex or a V60. And I know that for some people, that's as much as they're able to really observe. They don't notice a huge difference in the taste of their coffee once they add some cream or sugar or milk or something. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've had people who tried my Chemex coffee and other pour-over coffees and my French press and my even my electric drip, and they could not really tell the difference. And I thought about it long and hard, and I was thinking, well, am I doing something wrong? Or is it something about the beans, et cetera? And really what it came down to is uh, uh, no offense to the people, but I just don't think that they, their um, sense of taste has been developed to appreciate the differences from one over the other. You know, for they would, they would not notice the difference between Pepsi and Coke. <laughs> yeah. And if, if, that's, if that's a problem for you, then, uh, well, enjoy all the soft drinks. Enjoy all the good soft yeah. drinks <laughs> because uh, they're all the same to you. Who cares? Um, but, but, you know, um, now, now you got me really intrigued, though, and I'm going to have to look that brewer up. So you do have more coffee gear than than I than I have. Is there anything that you would like to upgrade about what you currently have? Um, anything you'd like to tinker with? If if money was no object, ooh, how would you take it to the next that's level? That's tough. Um, we do like one of the other ones that we uh, devices that we do have is the uh, a siphon. That one's that one we 
hardly ever use it. It comes out like very rarely. Like we had our friends over like a month ago or something like that, and they hadn't seen one or used one at all. So we brought it out and we totally messed up the the coffee inside but they had such a blast like seeing it in action and it's always fun to break out and light it up and it's like a chemex or not a chemex it's like some like little uh science experiment we have on our countertop so it is always fun to somebody who's not experienced in coffee at all see something like that and just experience that I guess one of the things maybe would like at home espresso machine would be awesome to have. Uh, there's a couple that just came out by, I want to say Lamarzoko just came out with this. Uh, I think it's called the Linea Home or something like that, but it's an at home uh, uh, espresso machine that's kind of built around or uh, spawned off of their original espresso, espresso machine for the shops. So it's a lot smaller version, just has one head. And, uh, like I said, like my wife worked in coffee and she makes a killer espresso. So it'd be awesome to be able to wake up and just have an, uh, a really good espresso or wow. a cappuccino in the morning. That'd be a lot of fun to have. And I would love playing with it myself too, but <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for the day that my guest says, what I really want to do is grow my own coffee farm in the backyard <laughs> and then I'll be set. But that, that does sound like a good idea. You know, the one thing I'm really missing is espresso yeah. and I want to learn a heck of a lot more about espresso. Yeah. I, I had some not too long ago and I, I get it now, but it took me a lot of time to warm up to the idea. Uh-huh. You know, you kind of brought this up a second ago, you know, introducing others to your coffee equipment and your fussy coffee style. <laughs> now, what would you say to people uh, or what would you introduce them to if they were just getting into coffee? How would you urge them to develop their tastes? Like, obviously, if wherever they're at in coffee, you know, if they're coming from they're on, they're still on their like Mr. Bun just brewing Folgers coffee, you know, stay with that machine you have. Maybe just go out and buy some fresh coffee beans from your local roaster and then have them grind it for you or something like that and try and experience just to see what that difference in taste you're going to get because even just upgrading your coffee from a Folgers to a, a specialty coffee roast is going to, I hopefully you're going to be able to tell a difference, you know, even if it's, you're still just making it on uh, uh, your bun coffee brewer, you know, mm. but uh, depending on like, go try as many different coffees as you can, you know, try and find coffees from different regions, see how they compare and the flavors, find what you like, things like that, you know, um, Obviously, you can buy different brewing devices, but a brewing device and the way you brew something is never going to make a bean taste good, you know? Absolutely not. And that is a great place to start off. When the bean is picked, it only goes downhill from there. You can't, you can't enhance a coffee after it's been picked. You can only pull out flavors, and that's the job of the roaster to be able to do that good. And then hopefully we don't mess it up here once it gets to us and brew it poorly, but... Like you just got to invest in good beans to get good tasting coffee. Returning to you, who is your coffee bean supplier and why do you prefer them? And I'm, I'm assuming you, you have a go-to when you're not trying out something new and revolutionary. Yeah. Uh, like, like I said, we're in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So the most well-known roaster in the area would be Madcap Coffee. They've won quite a few awards within the coffee industry and had some baristas who've competed nationally and stuff like that. So they got a lot of good stuff. And 
that's where obviously where my wife used to work and uh, they always just have killer coffees on stock pretty much the go-to place if we're in town another one that we really like that's also in michigan is populous coffee we've had some really great coffees from them too like i said we we get tons of different coffees from kind of all over the states but we like to try different coffees as much as possible but those are our go-to ones now what is the best cup of coffee you ever had and it may not have been something you made, believe it or not. I mean, that's the experience that, that I have had. So to each his own, he's got his own experience. What made it unique to you? Oh, that, that's that, that's a really tough question. I mean, obviously, it's hard to remember all the cups of coffee you've had. But like I mentioned before, when we had our friends over and we brewed up that siphon, even though we totally messed up that cup of coffee, it was just like a great experience. Like we were, we had a lot of fun with it and then we took the time to get all the gear out and showed our friends and they were super into it and having fun. So that cup of coffee, even though it didn't taste good, was like a memorable experience to me. And like, I enjoyed it, even though it didn't taste great, you know? I'm not necessarily looking to have the best coffee every time, but I just like ex the best experience, you know, like brewing coffee with my wife or she brews the coffee and then like I taste how bad I am at brewing coffee and how good she is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Things like that, you know, like I just really enjoy the experience and trying to enjoy just the simple part of it and not taking it too seriously, you know. Well, that leads me into my next question about not taking it too seriously. What is your favorite mug? Oh, man, favorite mug. Kind of funny story, and I, I mentioned it in a, the article a little bit that I wrote for you. We, My wife and I go on little vacations or travel around a little bit, and we always pick up like a mug. Like I have one sitting on my, my desk right now, and it's from Traverse City, Michigan. It's a spot up north that we really like to go, and they're famous for their cherries there. So I got this mug that has like a smiley, like the yellow smiley face on it, and then there's like cherry juice around its mouth, and it says, got cherries, Traverse City, Michigan. So we got a bunch of these just random mugs that just remind me of times that we had together and stuff. So those are always cool mugs. Nice. We have some that we got from uh, Acme Coffee Cups. They are just a set of ceramic coffee mugs that are just really nice and look beautiful. Hmm. We got just fit, just fit right in the palm of the hand. Right? Yeah. They're, they're just really pretty popular within the coffee shops. A lot of them have gone with these companies. Like if you've been on Instagram and follow any, really serious coffee nerd. He probably has these cups in his photo. They just sent them to us to test out and they're, they're good. And like if I'm going with a coffee cup, like I always love a ceramic cup with a, with a handle. That's a big thing for me, I guess. Like we have a couple that are made of like metal type material. And it's just like, whenever you grab it, it's just like you burn your hand as well. So <laughs> it, it kind of defeats the purpose. If I want to just be able to hold it and kind of cup it and feel the warmth. And mm. if I can't put my lips on it and I burn myself, it yeah, it's not worth it to me if it looks cool. Right. It reminds me of my grandfather's coffee thermos that had one of those screw on caps that was also doubling as the coffee cup. It, yeah, exactly. That was just a torture device <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I know there's a couple of guys that are friends with me that have the, uh, they're kind of like titanium cups for when they go camping and stuff. They use those quite often. But like I said, those get really warm too. They have like these 
little plastic lip guards that you can put on them so that you're able to drink the coffee. So <laughs> those are also like 50 bucks, but they're just super light because they're titanium. But yeah. I can't justify spending 50 bucks on one. No, but I think that if I was going to splurge, I may get a set of the double walled glass coffee cups. Yeah, those are always nice. I think we had one, but we did drop it. So it is no more, but <laughs> well, you know, sir, you've been excellent on the show and maybe a year from now, or when we have just some other excellent excuse, maybe you do something fantastic and with your site, your, your podcast, you know, we bring you back to have a topical discussion about something you're doing. Maybe when you get around to writing that book, <laughs> I'll see if uh, maybe we'll get my wife to come on the show. I'll try and convince her to, we can have all three of us if you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And she she could be able to tell you about her experience going to a coffee farm and maybe telling you what that's like, because <laughs> that's a pretty cool experience. Yeah, I would love to hear that. And where can people find you on the internet and see what you're up to? Uh, the biggest place, uh, if you want to follow along, is on ibrewmyowncoffee.com. And that kind of has links to everything, but you can follow us on Twitter. We had to, we had to chop the eye because of the letter numbers, so we're just brew my own coffee. On Twitter and on Instagram, we have we're pretty active on Instagram as well. So that'd be I brew my own coffee on Instagram. We have random people take over our Instagram each week or every now and then, and they post cool photos, and you get to hear other people's stories about their coffee and how everything that they do. So that's kind of fun if you want to follow along with that. Excellent, sir. Thank you again for joining us on this episode of Top Brew. I appreciate it, and thank you for listening to this episode of Top Brew, episode eleven. You can find the show notes at topbrew.fm slash podcast slash 11. If you would like to keep up to date, follow us on Twitter at topbrewfm. That's our handle. You can also find us on facebook.com slash topbrewfm. And if you are a barista, a roaster, connoisseur of any kind, or just your average show with an opinion about coffee that you would like to share with us, then please email me about getting on an interview like Mr. Alex Carpenter here on another episode of Top Brew. What listeners really want to hear are people that care about coffee and relish it as much as they do. Believe it or not, that's what people are into. And I want to give a special thanks again to this episode's sponsor, Thrasher Coffee. And I want to show them our support as well through the podcast because we love them and we sure hope that you love them too. So if you check out Thrasher Coffee and enjoy their roasts, let them know that we sent you. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Top Brew. 